middle-aged women, <laughs> um, <laughs> just middle-aged people in general, um, yeah. kind of hit the point where they finally start integrating that and they finally mm-hmm. start realizing that they're missing it. And that's when they like leave their partner and completely yeah. change their life because they're like, oh my God, like I'm a different person now. I just wonder, like there are multiple different dimensions of blind spots, things that we're missing that we need and we try to get to them in weird ways, either through our partners or um, whatever else. The Big Hormone Enneagram. John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pressed, four five wing, four five eight trifling. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pressed, sexual nine with one nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pressed with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pressed social three wing four with a three six nine trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Hormone Enneagram podcast. We've been gone for a while. We've been on vacation. We've been lazy. And uh, John's not here today because he's got technical issues with his microphone. He's in Seattle right now. Um, But we... uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were in New York. We recorded a live pod that should be going live soon. Um, probably going live before this episode. So, plugs. Buy John's book, Instinctual Drives and Enneagram. It's available on Amazon and then wherever books are sold. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review. What else? Buy David's Trifix booklet. Uh, Sales are pretty consistent on that, right? Yeah, it's pretty much uh, same amount pretty much every month. Staying mm-hmm. steady. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and, and you know, the topic of Trifix is something that we keep exploring in, in different ways. And David's book or Trifix booklet is a great way to, a good intro way to, and creative way to explore the different Trifixes. Um, let's see, what else do we have? DAA. DAA, Dark Arts Academy, we just recorded a class on the douchebag that I've been mentioning, Andrew Tate, on here. Uh, apparently the most popular man on the internet currently. It's been going I viral. personally love that his last name sounds like Taint. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> People can't stop sharing clips of his uh, controversial opinions. But yeah, we, we typed him. Uh, have, that was. Have you seen him, Nancy? You know him? Uh, I looked him up. And I haven't, I mean, he doesn't show up on my For You page stuff because I think my algorithm knows, but. Right. <laughs> you would him. Yeah, that I would literally uh, rip his face off and right. eat it as a slice of bologna if I could. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was fun just like to, not fun, but more like another Trump, Trump-ish kind of character that, you know, uses the same sort of similar strategy of pissing people off and somehow becomes president. That's. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, DAA, uh, yeah, we've got a class on um, Andrew Tate, and we, I think we're doing Marina, the uh, Abramovich or something? Abramovich or something. Yeah. yeah, the artist, which should be an interesting one. 
um, coming up soon. And, you know, for people who've been asking about where they can get typed, you can go to any grammar, get typed by any grammar. You can Google that um, to find us. If you've been, you know, guessing about your type for a long time, get, get the best damn typers on planet Earth to help you. Anygrammar.com. What else am I forgetting? Am I forgetting anything else? I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josh's podcast. that has been What It's Like to Be You. I think uh, John's episode dropped this mm-hmm. week. I've been interviewed. Uh, David, you've been interviewed. It's, I think people have been responding really well to, to that. To everyone but me. You can get interviewed. No, it's fine. You know, it's, I'll just be over here not being asked to be interviewed. It's fine. He's doing, he's doing circles uh, around the Enneagram. So. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he put out the request and you were supposed to respond. She did oh, not respond. No, no. yeah. Well, you know, I'm a little busy anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> too, too busy for that podcast. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. I just want to be asked, but, you know, I'd say no. Just to be clear, Josh. <laughs> She's got kidding. no time for I love you, Josh. Josh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, that, that, that's been a fun series. Josh has, you know, got that Bermuda magic, social three Bermuda magic, where he's, he knows how to ask questions to pull things out. I didn't really let him ask questions. I just went in like 15 minute rants at a time. <laughs> it's, just, it's funny to watch the interviews and how, you know, the different types present themselves. And I'm like, oh. man, I'm an attention hog. <laughs> you're, you're not getting any words in. You're a uh, competition for Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the things I have to say are interesting, you know? That's true. <laughs> and you just like, you know, look better aesthetically. <laughs> well, thank true. you, Nancy. Yeah, anytime. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, the bar is pretty low with Andrew Tate, but you are like eons past him. That's a, that's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> All right, so we are gonna freestyle a topic today. That um, this might work, this might not work. We'll see. But um, this idea. Okay, just to set this up, I we were in New York and we had multiple discussions, and this is something that came up because Josh was uh, Josh Levine was asking about. His blind spot, and you know, Levine. Levine. Sorry. Yes. That's yeah. how you say his name. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, <laughs> I have said it wrong so many times. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be his fault because he had to have. He never some corrected me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's upsetting. So Josh Levine was uh, talking about uh, his blind spot, and you know, just how murky and difficult it felt for him to sort of like have practical ways to access the sexual instinct. And, um, or a couple of things came up for me. John has incredible exercises in his book. Uh, but he wanted like, what are some things that I can look to right now that I'm not doing that mm-hmm. are, you know, the sexual instinct. And, and so we got into like attraction and, uh, sort of his dating history. And so he talked about dating, uh, a type twin. He dated another social Bermuda three. And as you might assume, <laughs> that would be a disaster in terms of some kind of like attraction spark or, or whatever. No polarity. Zero polarity whatsoever. And I, I was t- telling him that there's, there's something about, um, like, I think attraction is sort of feeling that the things that you're missing in yourself, it's, a mm. com- like it's an externalized, compartmentalized, um, example of whatever it is you're missing. So someone who's like really put together and responsible and 
uh, ambitious like Josh might be attracted to, you know, wild, crazy people like us or some like DJ Seven or something, someone who embodies the qualities that he's missing in his whole typology. I just wanted to get into like, you know, to explore blind spots in different ways and, and not just like the instinctual blind spot, but like there are certain qualities that are missing in our whole type, you know, structure that um, maybe if you don't address them, it gets embodied in stuff that you're attracted to or pulled into or are most affected by. Part of that conversation was though him being sexual blind and the way that manifests as him not knowing you know, that there wasn't chemistry, for example, mm. when he dated his type twin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sort of like, what is a good attraction? People tend to default to similarity, and, and I think there's usually a combination of you need to be comfortable with somebody, and so there's some kind of overlap with them, and, but need, they need to be different. Uh, and what are you attracted to that's different? You're usually attracted to what you don't have. Right. So, you know, like... For example, Nancy, like your, you know, your, your nine has qualities that you don't have, and, and you were drawn to him for very specific reasons. Can you uh, talk about that? Like why, what you're attracted to about your husband? <laughs> My husband. Uh, well, I, I do want to make a point first that with certain types, there is a level of having to fit the... Oh, what am I trying to say? Like the status, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, like specifically for threes, like I could see how I markedly do not like male threes, like Mm -hmm. any male three. I am not attracted Mm -hmm. to them. I don't dislike them as friends, but I do not like them as like a partner. Um, But there is a level of attraction in the in the fact that they can bring the status that you kind of seek and they Mm -hmm. already see it. Um, So there is, you know, there is some of that with threes that I think other types may not have. As far as my husband, I mean, I've talked about it before. There's a, like a level headedness, a practicality that I don't think a myself as a three, six, nine kind of has. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a slowness is the wrong word, but like a um, steadiness. Mm-hmm. Measured. Measured, yeah, exactly. That yeah. Uh, I think nines typically have that I really appreciate because I tend to kind of bust out the gate yeah, <laughs> and yeah, just yeah. go. Whereas a nine can kind of be like, oh, but look at the flowers. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, I never noticed those. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... And- Go ahead, go ahead. And something with his two fix, maybe a certain kind of something. Yeah, like a soft softness. Uh, There's, um, I think, one thing that um, he brings out in me is like my want to take care of someone else. Because Mm. when I've had, like, I don't like taking care of other people. I don't Mm. want to. I haven't ever had a desire to. But when for him, I do. And so I don't know if it's the reciprocity of it all. Right. Like, I know that he's going to reciprocate in a way that I f- find, like, loving. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I've, I don't know, I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but uh, throughout my history, 
my dating history, I've like I've been really affected by heart energy. So I'm heart last. That's my last center. So besides my instinctual social blind spot, I have the heart center as last. And you know, I, through throughout my experience, it's been this thing of uh, I've been sort of surprised by how affected I'd be by partners who somehow embodied like uh, a heartfulness that I don't have access to. And in some ways, it's, it's something that can be a real vulnerability for me because it's like I don't see it coming. And so I'm wondering like what you're saying, Nancy, is, you know, I, you're, you're gut last, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think all of my like best partners have been nines, like the ones that I've like got like this, you know, it's been like a good relationship mm-hmm. have been nines and I like actively seek nines out. Yeah, yeah. Like when as friends and everything, I'm like, oh, I, I like this. And yeah. ones. I, I attract a lot of ones too. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, there's something there. Like, there's something about, okay, yeah, we, we have the instinctual blind spot and we're invested in overdoing our dominant instinct uh, to push away from that blind spot. But there's something about secretly, you need, we all need all three instincts. So there's weird ways that we are looking for that uh, blind spot in ways that we're not aware of. And I feel like there's something there with the types too and the, the centers. Fixes. Yeah, the fixes. And so like, I think there was a thread in the group where people had uh, drawn their overlays uh, on the Enneagram symbol. Overlay is something that uh, Joseph came up for Enneagrammers. Overlay is just the wings on your fixes. And people had used that to look at what types were missing in them. And I, I think it's useful to think about that stuff in the sense of, you know, what's missing from your life. Like I just did um, a, uh, a follow-up call with a, a Stockholm Six who was trying to figure out like, how do I use this information to grow? And um, there were, you know, I suggested because there were certain types that were missing and completely. She didn't really have any, that much of self-indulgence going on. Most of everything she had going on was just, I need to, I need to help the people that I care about. So there's this shadow that gets created or a backlog of I'm not doing anything for myself. I'm not doing anything that's completely self-indulgent for me. And I was like, well, yep. you need to actually, you're not going to be a self-indulgent type. You're always going to be helping other people, but you need to actually set time or schedule, set aside something for yourself on a weekly basis that is purely self-indulgent. It's purely for you. And because, I mean, this is something I've been picking up from the, like, the OPS uh, perspective of doing things, at least the approach to the blind spot, is that you don't have to become like a dominant instinct person or dominant, like someone who's dominant in a certain blind spot. You just need to get a, a little bit more from it on a consistent basis so it doesn't become a huge problem. So it's like this idea of, oh, I'm not doing anything for myself. It's like just, you know, she figured out that I can go dancing every week. It's something that I really enjoy and or dance class every week, something I really enjoy and it's completely self-indulgent and it's, it's getting a little bit of my, you know, sexual instinct. And I was like, that's a great idea. And so I was just thinking about that for myself, all these different ways that um, we have these blind spots that if we don't address them ourselves, they, they come out in these compartmentalized ways or maybe they get externalized in someone that we're attracted to. So that we just don't ever actually have to integrate that part. It becomes this outside thing. 
that can either can become a demon or a shadow, uh, either expressed in a person or expressed in you know weird ways that uh, we're not aware of. And now that I think of it, um, I feel like a lot of middle-aged women, <laughs> um, <laughs> just middle-aged people in general, um, yeah. kind of hit the point where they finally start integrating that and they finally mm -hmm. start realizing that they're missing it. And that's when they like leave their partner and completely yeah. change their life because they're like, Oh my God, like I'm a different person now. So it's like, if you don't integrate it at a healthy pace at a time that is, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it was, it was a life that they were living that they should leave. Right. So it's, yeah. it's a good thing, but it's like, it's just, don't wait. <laughs> Why would you wait? Yeah, I think part of that is the natural progression of that integration of, for example, the sexual instinct. Part of the sexual instinct is noticing that there's no more spark here. Yeah, The fire's gone, right? Mm -hmm. And so just that noticing, to me, is itself part of the integration or mm -hmm. the start of it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be because yeah. people talk about, you know, having... It seems to me that sort of like a midlife crisis or the quarter life crisis or whatever you want to call it is mm -hmm. really like, a, you know, like the tidal wave, as they would refer to it in OPS. It's like this buildup of you not addressing your blind spot until it becomes a big enough problem that you have a crash. And so if you don't address sexual instinct, you have maybe decades of sort of like going around and, and doing your thing without really checking in as to am i really into this is this like a lot enlivening for me in any way mm -hmm. until you it builds up to the point where you can't ignore it and you crash and you do some really drastic things to experience that sort of charge and um self-revision of the sexual instinct you, you, bear, you turn you burn everything down mm -hmm. versus if you would have integrated it you, you know on a like on a consistent getting little hits of it on a weekly basis maybe you wouldn't have such a huge crash. And so I just wonder, like, there are multiple different dimensions of blind spots, things that we're missing that we need, and we try to get to them in weird ways, either through our partners or mm -hmm. um, whatever else. Yeah, I mean, maybe you and I are doing <clears throat> these Enneagram groups as a distorted version of accessing social or something. Oh, yeah. You know. I could go on about that. That's yeah. like, I think the Enneagram has been a portal for me to, to understand people and to connect to people like just mastering or learning this esoteric system of knowledge. It's, it's like, you know, from an eight perspective, it creates a, uh, a certain amount of leverage where there's only me and a handful of people who know how to mm. do what we do. So it's like, you've got to, you've got to, find a way to connect to me and connect to people through this system. But it's also a way to really understand people. Like before the Enneagram, I, I just didn't really have that much empathy because I didn't, I didn't really understand all the different personalities that were so valid for people. Um, they were so different from my own. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a distorted, <laughs> because yeah. we run a group. And even just like having a podcast and having fans and people who are like following us and you know, into us and all that kind of stuff, this is like, Big time social instinct, uh, <laughs> and we still don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> we I was going to say you doing. don't do it in a social way, but I get no. what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a distorted social. I mean, because it's like not even realizing that talking to people that you like on a weekly basis 
is something that would be beneficial to me. That that exactly. was a revelation. <laughs> what is this strange thing? My mouth is moving. Emotions are coming out of it. What? I actually want human interaction. You know, this is strange. Fucking 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people, but it didn't really feel that rough to me because <laughs> well, we were t- yeah, talking I to people. That. I, I was talking to people every week that i like and it's like wow this is what the social instinct this is what the needs of social why why people like who are social first or social second really like you know like that was sort of like awakening oh this is what loneliness might be like if you if this is missing you're not Mm -hmm. regularly like getting to like commune with people i um i often use like my social instinct showing up really strong as like a uh, like not a red flag, but kind of a red flag of like, oh, you're feeling something that you don't want to feel mm. like because I will be like, oh, like I'm going to call my friend Winona. And then like once I call in, I'm like, uh, I want to talk to someone else. Like I'm alone <laughs> with my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, if I want to talk to a bunch of people, it's like, OK, there's probably something happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder sometimes as social blind or whatever your blind spot instinct is that you don't have the sensory pick you don't have the pickups you don't have the sensitivity for you needing that instinct and That's so for it. you know for as a social blind uh whenever we do these zones it's like a, a huge hit of like oh this feels so good to be around my friends and like to really deeply connect and it's like oh wow like i really like this and but then you go back into your cave and and you forget that that's a consistent need like it would be cool if you felt that on you know on a week to big week basis and i guess this pod is a way to do that but it's like you forget that you have those needs because you don't have the sensitivity to even know that you need it and so there's a thread in the group of people uh commenting about uh their blind spot and a lot of times people were commenting i don't know what i'm missing and i was like yeah that's literally that's what, what I was going to say. I was literally like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like, I feel like I've got it covered. I don't at any point go, hmm, I need this. Like, at no point am I like, the sexual instinct needs to be integrated. I'm like, no, I got it. Absolutely. That's, that's the whole point. <laughs> but it's like, you don't realize, the thing about the blind spot is that you don't, you don't realize. Know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know until it's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Until you get yourself like three years deep into a career that you absolutely despise. Or a relationship. Speaking from experience. Yeah, there was there was a, a relation or a threat about dating the wrong partners and people um, assume they were sexual blind. Not to say that only sexual blinds do this, but, you know, getting into relationships with people they don't really want to be with. Mm. And... um you know, like what you're mentioning, I, I've been, I spent the last decade or two decades of my life doing something that I'm not, not, doesn't really fire me up. And, you know, now I'm going to burn it all down because I haven't injected any sort of charge or hook for myself consistently over the years. And now it's, it's got a, it's like a huge upheaval that's destructive in a big, in much, much bigger way than it ever needed to be. Mm-hmm. The other way we could look at it is, I guess, if with the three of us, we could explore uh the types that are missing in us I'll first like i don't i'm eight wing seven my five fix has a four wing and my four fix has a three wing so what i'm missing is all the super ego types and nine so you're missing two one 
six, six and, and nine. nine. And so there's, you know, like you could say that there might be uh, a repulsion there because it's like to do your core, your fixation, you kind of have to like the, what you're missing feels gross. It's like, oh, you know, like yeah. a lot of people, it's like, I don't, I don't, why would I need six? Why do I, what do I need? Why would I need two? From one. Um, but there's an element of you don't realize it, not me not realizing that they're, I'm attracted to certain elements of those types, even if I'm annoyed by them. And so we are assuming that we are not adding the lines of integration into this. Well, that's what, that's another angle because I do have a connection to two, uh, because I have a line to two, um, but two does still gross me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it becomes too complicated if we to do all the connecting lines yeah like just talking about it as the the last as fix, just for example. the wings yeah um yeah. yeah and and the fixes the, for example well, nancy yeah, what's yeah. your what's your overlay your three wing seven. four six wing right. seven six wing seven and nine wing one probably nine with the one i would okay. say yeah yeah i think i'm yeah. nine with one yeah. so oh god okay so i'm missing two so you're one four seven overlay uh so yeah you're like me missing all the rejection types. Oh, so, and I'm wait, missing. which ones am I missing? Two I'm five the rejection. Two five eight. Okay, okay, gotcha. That's interesting. You're both missing two five eight. Yeah, that was the. <clears throat> I think that was a big part of the relationship that I've mentioned in that one podcast about me. The with the sexual social eight. She was an mm. eight five two. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. And that was the most intense relationship I've ever had. And it was oh. because of that polarity. And she had social in there too. So that was another kind of polarity. Oh, that's interesting. Would, yeah. This would explain why I cannot grasp those types to save yeah, my life. Same. I have a problem sort of finding them. Like, yeah. As a body type, I can't find them in my body, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is interesting because uh, not by choice, but I have always somehow had a Stockholm attracted oh. to me, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and I, that is that is not yeah. uh, any sim. There's no overlap at all. So like the Stockholm type right. is the over. I, you would call that the empath type, I yeah. would think. Which you know, is again for the people two, six, and nine. Any y- order? Yes, yes, yes. So. You know, with eight, five, and four, there's kind of like, you know, eight is already not doing empathy. It's sort of sort of right. like a clo- enclosed uh, box. But with five and four, it's an eight that's overdoing separateness. Mm-hmm. And, and so I have capacity to be empathetic, but like the assumption <laughs> is that everything <laughs> and everyone is sort of like their own separate cont- unit self-contained you know that was everything. the least empathetic sentence i've ever heard. i have it's not that i have don't have empathy <laughs> i'm pretty sure someone who doesn't have empathy has to say that <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> clearly empathy is a blind spot for me <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> oh man like i i uh a couple years, like a long time ago, when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me dating wise, uh, I'd had multiple conversations with OD and I was trying to pick his brain. Like, what is it that you're doing with girls that for some reason that they, he's a social sexual six, Bermuda six. Why is it that 
he could continue relationships or uh, multiple relationships over years uh, with different girls. And I'm like, I don't understand what is going on, what you're doing. And so I was just asking him, so, you know, when you're hanging out, like, what are you saying? Like, what, what's happening? And so it's like, he's just telling me he's connecting and, <laughs> you know, just like, what's going on with you? And I was like, okay, all right. And, and he's like complimenting them and all this stuff. Oh, I was like, compliments. I don't do that. I was like, all right, I'm going to try compliments. <laughs> And so, for like a year or so, I made a compliment. You would just randomly throw out a compliment, be like, your hair's pretty. So I would try compliments, and, you know, these are people that barely know me, but they would look at me like something was wrong. Like, it just didn't fit. It doesn't fit, It, yeah. it didn't, like, maybe because I wasn't saying it in a way where I believed the, the, the bullshit that was coming out of my mouth. But it, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a like a genuine empathetic compliment. <laughs> Just mid conversation. I like your toes. Yeah. That yeah. was your your form of pickup artist. Yeah, I was trying to perform empathy. <laughs> but no, that's interesting. I've always had this. Uh, there's been that polarity uh, between me and Stockholm. It's so different. And that's part of what's attractive about that. Like I'm completely missing two, six, and nine, yeah. uh, and one. And mm-hmm. and so, what does that say about what's missing in my life? And uh, at least my processing this and thinking about it, at least with six and one, there's a sense of like having uh, some kind of consistent process where you're building something over a long period of time and like it feels like there's no sense of organization that uh in my life like in terms of like you're heading in a certain direction and you need to build certain foundations to get there um and so like sexual blind six with one at least there's a sense of responsibility to certain values and that's only become more of a thing the order i've gotten that i now have like connections and things that are important to me that I want to build and it's like all right like you have to have certain values and you have to have certain things that you're responsible to that you want to consistently uh develop towards and that's like a new thing for me because a lot of my personality just sort of like chases to whatever is the most interesting at any point in time but eventually you have to build and so that's what I would I would say that this is maybe me attempting to integrate some of those qualities that are missing in me. It's like, it's just really hard for me to actually set aside some priorities that I'm going to build over the next five to 10 years on. You know, I feel like that's like six, one territory. I mean, that would make sense as to why, like <clears throat> when Stockholm show up in your life, there's like no middle ground, right? Mm, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. There's, it's so major a difference that meeting in the middle is like not an option. Yeah, that's a good point. There is no middle ground between that polarity. It's instant and, magnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's magnet attraction, which is, problem with that is that uh, that type of extreme polarity is kind of unstable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Mm. It's not sustainable. And, you know, it says something about attraction that you need a healthy dose of similarity and difference in order to have like you need to be able to meet have a middle ground that it's like i totally get you you're speaking my language Mm -hmm. but also you're doing something for each other where you're um showing up on some of those missing pieces right you need a place to go that both that feels like home for both of you 
That's a really good point. David, with your thing with the 852, was that a similar thing where it's like insane attraction, but there wasn't a middle ground, a meeting place? Yeah, there, <laughs> there was no middle ground. It was like it took, it took off and it was, I mean, <clears throat> within a few weeks, it was like talking about living together and mm, stuff. And, mm. and that's not me at all, right? Yeah, so, right, right, right. <laughs> we, we know this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and because we're both body types, we were like actually doing a lot of conversation, mm -hmm. you know, where we were sort of almost creating that environment, even though it was, we were online and a few thousand miles away where, as if we were in the same physical space together. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really intense, uh, there's something about that. So for you, Nancy, have you ever had any scenario where you had like an insane attraction to some 258, whatever? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so unfamiliar with that type that I don't even know if I would recognize it. What, yeah, yeah. What's our nickname for it? Uh, the cult classic, is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I don't know. I don't even know if it's, I could spot it's it. It's really rare, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever dated usually, any of those types? Like, well, yeah, that's two, what five, I'm thinking. I usually find twos very repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Everybody um, seems to find to. <laughs> I won't say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't say that. Sorry, twos. It's not your fault. You're very kind people. I just we're not don't doing, like you. We're not doing um, another episode apologizing <clears throat> to twos. Right. No, we aren't. We aren't. We really aren't. Um, I think I find fives uh, pretty attractive uh, mm -hmm. when when they show up. Just, I think it's just really cool that they can stay on like that. They can do a deep dive into one thing. Mm -hmm. I find that very like interesting. Like I will listen to them talk about that one thing for like oh, hours. Mm -hmm. um, eights I usually just find angry because they remind me of my mom. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could pay me enough money to date an eight or a two, but, and I don't think fives are common enough for me to run into them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. I think <laughs> about like, uh, I mean, John and Alexandra aren't here, but, I think this is a topic that could go multiple different directions. So maybe we'll do a part two and they can get into it. But yeah, uh, they have, you know, a huge polarity with the social instinct, you know, John's social blind and she's social first. And, you know, I've mentioned already just, there's a real interesting magic of talking to a social dominant person and like the kind of attention uh, that can. It's, it's like a drug. Yeah. Yeah. So it's as a social, so nice. As a social blind, it's, it's something that, you don't even realize that how big of an effect it's having on you until yeah. the conversation's over. It's like, oh, wow, that felt really good, <laughs> you know? And so uh, John's got that with Alexander, but they're, they've got some overlap by being, both being withdrawn types, mm -hmm. you know, types that stay in their cave and, and just... Their, and, their other polarity, of course, is she's Bermuda and he's all hexad, so... There you mm -hmm. go. There yeah. you go. <clears throat> So yeah, there's there's some interesting thing to explore there that uh you know we we all need our blind spots, and it, it might happen in the form of a partner, or it might happen in the form of like a midlife crisis, uh, something that that you haven't been addressing for decades, and then it it eventually catches up to you. So this thought of I don't need I don't need that you <laughs> right. like you yeah do. you you do say that now, but it's like 
you'll you'll find out how much you need it when it's a huge problem and that's the whole point so out of personal curiosity what does missing all three eight five two like leave me and david lacking okay i just had this conversation with somebody on a follow-up call because there were a bermuda nine that was missing uh they were social no i don't think they were social but they were yeah they were missing two five and eight and Hmm. what i came up with was that i think what what is rejection doing uh eight five and two are saying that i i need to bring something to the situation in order to exist in it. So, you know, eight is doing that in a body center. I need to bring leverage. I need to bring life force. Five is like, I need to bring some specialized knowledge. And two is like, I need to bring my own sort of specialized care and love to the situation. But the thing, the thing about those rejection types is that when those, the thing that I'm bringing isn't accepted or isn't appreciated or wanted, I completely disengage. Yeah. So what's, I, I believe what's missing for people who are missing rejection types is that ability to completely, it's assuming caught offness. So if you don't have rejection types in the mix for yourself, you might end up getting stuck in situations where you're finding all these different ways to justify staying in that rejection types would have disengaged from oh. a long time yeah. ago. So like pushing to make something work when it just doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think rejection types just cut off much quicker than the other types. Like, you know, if it's not, like if I'm bringing something, I mean, that's something I've definitely had to pay attention to is just the eight disengage, all the different micro ways as a rejection type that I might disengage from something that, um, like it feels like I I can't even exist in, in the situation if what I'm bringing isn't working. So just, I don't, I completely disengage. And so I would imagine that if you don't have any rejection types, you're not doing the disengaging right. from things. Yeah, that's interesting. I have a friend who is either a six with some eight or an eight with some six. I don't know. But she consistently is like, I'm so confused by the fact that you like are still friends with certain people. Mm, like she will say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I mean, like they aren't hurting me. So <laughs> I can say that about David too. Just you, <laughs> there's, there's some people that feel yeah. that they can always talk to you, even regardless of whatever's happened. Like you can be Switzerland, you yeah. know? <laughs> yes. I, I, as a child, like as not as a child, but like up until the age of probably 20, 21 was well known as being, the Switzerland friend of just like <laughs> I was everybody's friend no matter what like yep yeah I can't like for me that's I've got two of the rejection types and I feel like I give people a long leash like once I bring let you in there, <laughs> there's a lot of I can put up with a lot but once I'm done it's like you're like you see you, you have ceased to exist like completely mm-hmm. not on this planet anymore mm-hmm. so there's a hard cutoff with um rejection types and not to bring up your your pain david but <laughs> is, isn't that what happened with the 852 <laughs> is that she cut me off yeah oh yeah no it was 100 percent just absolute slice and never heard a word just that's as brutal if, but um, yeah that's cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean just beyond and and i 
kept assuming, of course, me being my typology, that she was going to say something. At, well, just that she would say something at some point, mm. but nothing ever happened. Nothing, no, no finalization, closure whatsoever. Damn. So she, it was just kind of like things were going well, and I guess she, um, it was getting close to her being affected in real life, and she ran away? Yeah, she just... Uh, she was, um, well, it's partly to me and, uh, maybe the eight thing of, well, she was just really scared actually, mm -hmm. you know, cause it was coming down to it. It was, the clock was ticking and we were going to finally meet. She had a year contract where she was working, teaching English in Russia and she was going to be coming back to the States and she just got overwhelmed and scared and didn't want to show that vulnerability yeah. and just sliced it. Yeah. That's the, I mean, any sexual type uh, can relate. I mean, I think anyone to some degree of feeling the threat of falling into um, a new attraction that feels like it could just rip you apart. Like yeah. that, sh that shit's fucking scary for anybody, but well, more very sensitive for sexual types. Yeah, that that's a big piece of it is that she was a sexual type and she was 33 and she was a virgin. Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> so like here goes you're on, you know, you're up to the plate. So Oh shit, that's all the chips on the table right there if you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I could. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I um, it's funny because in my head, I have had experiences where it's like, you know, it this could be like you know a big deal, like could mm -hmm. be like a really good thing, and I just assume that that feeling of like, oh no, is a correct feeling. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's my gut telling me that I shouldn't do this. Bye bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hmm. I've done that to a lot of men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've. What have? What is the scary feeling that's come up for me? I think the last few years, and of course, we've discussed this multiple times. I've, I've really, um, gotten better at having better access to my heart, and that's fucking terrifying as a heart last. Mm -hmm. But I remember the first time that I, you know, just really like expressing from the heart space how I felt about someone I was attracted to, which is to me like the, the scariest thing that you can do that I've ever done. But it didn't work out and that wasn't the point. Uh, the point was that I felt incredible about, I don't know, like sort of like jumping into the void of uh -huh. expressing like, this is how I feel about you. Um, you know, without trying to control the outcome, which is what, what mm, yeah. my personality, you know, I'm just gonna make it, how can I make it likely that I'm not going to experience rejection, you know, as a sexual type? It's like, how do I control the terms of how this attraction takes place? Um, and, you know, just sort of allowing attraction to happen versus trying to orchestrate it. That's also another fucking terrifying thing as a sexual ape. But um, that feeling of this is not good. I don't like this. Um, yeah, I've I've had to like, learn that that's my personality trying to double down on the thing that it wants to do. <laughs> I mean, of course you need to fucking be careful. Like there's some things that are a bad idea. Uh, I'm not going to put anybody on blast on here. 
some things are a bad idea. You should you should pay attention to those feelings. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> that sense of uh, knowing that something's wrong and how to distinguish if that's like this is actually good for me and it's something that I that would be a growth point for me to actually experience versus actually this is bad. I need to stay the fuck away. Yeah, that's a fine line, and it's I I have yet to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I guess I feel that's, like that's a whole lifelong battle right there. <laughs> Well, maybe what it comes down to is that there is something about needing our opposites or, you know, that opposites attract thing where the types that we're missing or the qualities that we're missing, like we are attracted to it. But if, if you went the full opposite, that would be a disaster. Yeah. It's dangerous. That makes sense. Yeah. Like you need, you need some kind of like meeting, like we talked about, you need some kind of meeting ground where it feels familiar and comfortable, but it also challenges you. So yeah, I mean, rejection. You guys are missing rejection. I'm missing, I'm missing uh, super ego, basically. Mm-hmm. Stockholm. Yeah. My thing, as far as core types, is I'm usually attracted to all the assertive types and sixes. Mm. So, as a sleepy nine, that's a big. Mm, yeah. Yeah, opposite. yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. My my history is, regardless of the type, because I've generally went for sevens and threes i really tried to make nine work but it seems like i needed assertive types that didn't care about me being obnoxious but one thing that's always been sort of like the polarity for me is like i'm the sort of grumpy annoyed person and then this like <laughs> this like positive somewhat positive bright personality as a contrast mm-hmm. and and that that's kind that of been sense. Yeah, that's always kind of been the... I've had a lot of sevens, and even the threes that I've worked out with were brighter personalities. Mm-hmm. Anyway, any more angles before we wrap it up? I know this is probably something... We could get a multiple parts. Oh, yeah. I would this. be interested in yeah. talking more about this. It's fun. Yeah. But I'm hungry right now, so... <laughs> on my tummy. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's good. We did like almost an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, guys. <laughs> Bye. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>